Good morning, Impact City. Let's continue to worship God through the message and through the rest of the day. He's an awesome God. He's a great God that he will see us through no matter what circumstances we are facing today. He is our awesome God. He's our great, great Father that he will see us through. Before you sit down, I want you to open your Bible if you have it um, or tap if you're using the electronic Bible to Mark chapter 4. Um, the notes are on the YouVersion Bible app, and we're going to read verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, we just give you thanks for allowing us to gather today, this morning, Heavenly Father. And we just... Pray that you will speak to us, speak to our hearts, God. Lead us and guide us in everything that we do today, Father, that you will use me. I'm just a vessel in your hands, God. Use my lips, God. Use my words, Heavenly Father. Let you be speaking and not me out of my own knowledge, but you, Heavenly Father. We just give you thanks for the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may have a seat. So here, if we, we have... Um, a story of Jesus is crossing over to the other side. He had already been doing ministry all day, all week. He was tired, and he had told his disciples, hey, let's cross to the other side. Um, they were on one side of the Sea of Galilee. If we know anything about the Sea of Galilee, it's, it's more of a lake than an actual sea. It, it's 141 feet deep at its, as, at, at its deepest point. It's 13 miles long by 8 miles wide. So it's, it's not that big compared to other seas. Um, we also know that it's surrounded by, by mountain ranges from all, all sides. So you, winds start blowing. They have real bad winter storms, summer storms. So, so this is where we find Jesus at this time. He tells the disciples, hey, let's get in the boat. Let's cross over to the other side. And when they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, storm starts to arise and we see that the disciples begin, begin to be afraid of the storms. We, we see them afraid, and, and they run to Jesus, and they try to wake him up. But if we, if we understand who the disciples were at, the, at, were at that moment, some of them were already fishermen. There were fishermen that were called already from fishing the, from the banks of the Sea of Galilee. So they, were, they had seen storms before in their life because they were fishermen. I, I don't know many fishermen, I don't, but I'm sure that... Some of them have already seen storms when, when they're out fishing, and some of them grew up fishing. So they, they were used to storms, but this storm was different. They were afraid of the storm. So why did they fear so much? Because of the storm. You know, if you keep on facing something time and time again, your fear will start eventually going away. If you're afraid of heights and you start doing things at heights, your fear of heights will eventually go away. If, you, if you're afraid of, of like my kids, uh, my daughter, the, the, my youngest daughter, she's afraid of the dark. 
eventually I'm going to be able to turn off that nightlight on her so she doesn't waste my electricity. You know, but she still, she still has her nightlight. The other day she wanted to keep the light in the room on instead of her nightlight. So eventually I'm going to wean her off of the nightlight. So some of us were afraid of heights at times. Now we're not because we kept on going up to higher heights. So the disciples were afraid of the storm because it was a storm that was, that was vast. It was huge. They had never seen something like this. You know, what's, what storms in our lives are overtaking us? What storm do we keep on facing each and every day that we can't get through, that we can't get over? Whether it's our anxiety or our depression, whether it's family issues that arise, whether it's an illness that has us shaken, what, what bondage are we afraid of? What addiction in our lives that we can't handle? So I'm going to ask you this morning, what storm are you facing this morning? What family issues are you facing this morning? What illness are you facing this morning that you think you can't get over? What addiction are you facing this morning that you see no way out of? What bondage has you trapped that you can't see freedom at the end of the tunnel? What circumstances are you stuck in that you see no way out? You know, recently, about a, it's been a little bit over a year now that we, as, as a nation and as a, as a world, face um, a storm that we faced. We, we didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We, we saw COVID, whether, whatever side of the spectrum you land on COVID, you know, the nation faced it, the world faced it. We, we never saw the, when are we going to go back to normal? That was a question that was thrown on a lot. When are we going back to normal? We, ne- we didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we see that sometimes we wonder how much longer is this going to keep on going? How much longer are we going to, are we going to go through the storm? When are we going to see the end of the storm that we're facing? We see the disciples, they were in the same boat. That, no pun intended. They were in the same boat as us sometimes. We can't see the end of the tunnel. They couldn't see the storm seizing anytime soon. They were so afraid that they ran to Jesus, woke him up from his sleep, and said, Master, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? And then we see Jesus rise up. He goes and talks to the storm. He calms it down. We see Jesus speak to the winds and to the waves and says, Peace, be still. And in Mark, we see that he tells the disciples, have you still no faith? The King James Version says it. How is it that you have no faith? Sometimes we, we are in the same boat. We are facing the same issues. A, a vast storm that we can't get over, that we don't see how we're going to get through it. You know, and there's a couple things that the storm teaches us. I'm only going to hit on three of them today. Thing number one that a, stor- that stor- a storm does or a storm teaches us is it reveals our faith. A storm will, will, re- will reveal your faith. In Mark, we saw the disciples, we saw Jesus tell the disciples, have you no faith? And if we could turn to Matthew chapter 8, this is another account of, of the same of the same. Uh, of the same storm that happened. And we're going to read verse 25 and 26. And they went and awoke him saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So in Matthew, he, te- he tells them, they recorded it down as, You of little faith. And then we can read in Luke. Luke will say, 
it's the same account, and we'll see what Luke says in verse 24 through 25 of chapter 8. Verse 24 and 25. It says, And they went to him and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the winds and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Verse 25, he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him? We see the disciples afraid. Each one gives a different account, but we see the disciples afraid, and we see a disconnect between who they knew Jesus was and what they were seeing. There was a disconnect between who, who they knew who Jesus was and what they were facing at that moment. Because the, the disciples had already walked with Jesus. They had already seen him perform many miracles. They had seen him turn water into wine. They had already seen him heal the centurion's servant. They had already seen him raise a boy from, the, from, from dead, from the widow's boy. So they had already seen this, all these miracles. So I have this question to you this morning. Who is Jesus to you? The disciples knew who they were, but there was a disconnect between who they saw Jesus was and what they were facing. What are you facing today and who is Jesus Christ in your life today? You know, not who he is to your neighbor, not who he is to your, your, your parents, not who he is to your spouse. Who is Jesus Christ to you today? Sometimes we have the same disconnect between us, us that we know who Jesus is in our lives and what we are facing. You know, we have to check ourselves. We have to check where our faith stands. Sometimes our faith can waver because we see the storms are arising around us. We see it take us down. We, we might have lost a job. We might have lost a family member. We might have lost um, a family member to cancer or illnesses. We might have lost our job, our house, or something might have happened to us that we can't see a way out of it. But just to let you know, there is a way out. And what's, what's amazing that each account of the disciples and Jesus crossing over the Sea of Galilee records it differently. You know, Matthew records it, oh, you have little faith. Mark records it, oh, you have of no faith. And Luke records it, where is your faith? And I, I wonder if every account, they were at a different state in their life and how they believed in Jesus and, and how they trusted Jesus to be. What if every person on that ship was at a different state in their faith? What if you're at a different state in your faith this morning? So I'm going to ask you this question. What is the state of your faith? Do you believe who Jesus is? Do you believe what the Bible says about Jesus? Do you believe that he's the one that created heaven and earth? Do you believe that he's the one that part of the Red Sea? Do you believe what you've read and what you've heard? Do you believe what you've seen? The disciples were at a disconnect from what they've heard, from what they've seen, to who they had in the boat with them at that moment. Is there a disconnect in your life between who you see Jesus to be and what you're going through? You know, another thing that reveals to us when we're in the storm, it's God's grace. God's grace is revealed to us while we, we face the storms. With this, we see the disciples running to Jesus saying, Master, 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 can't you see we are perishing? And one of them records it, don't you even care that we are perishing? How many of us have been in those moments where we ask God, do you even care what, what I'm going through? 
Do you even care that I'm, I'm facing this? Do you even care that my, my family is in shambles? Do you even care that my, my children are sick? Do you even care, God, that nothing is going my way? You said you were going to bless me. You said you had all these promises for me, but nothing's going my way. Do you even care? I found myself in those circumstances sometimes. I found myself even thinking that if, if my prayers even make it past the roof of my house when I pray, and I say, do you even care? I've shed tears driving to work thinking, God, this and this is going on. Do you even care? I'm sure the disciples were shouting as loud as it could because they didn't see an end to that storm. They thought the storm was going to overtake their life. It was going to overtake the boat they were in. It was going to sink it, and they were going to be lost forever. And they were thinking, does he even care that we are perishing? While Jesus is in the stern asleep like a baby. I have a, a two-year-old, about to be two-year-old. He can sleep like a baby, but he's rowdy right before. So he's my storm right before midnight. He loves to kick and jump and move all over the place. But once he's asleep, he's out. Yesterday, yesterday we, were, we were trying to keep him up. He, had, he hadn't taken his nap. We were trying to keep him up. And finally, he fell asleep about 7 o'clock. So we, or 5 o'clock to 7. We were, trying to, we were trying to wake him up little by little so he didn't sleep too long. So he could sleep at night. And, and he wasn't waking up at all. He wasn't waking up at all. Finally... It's already nighttime. It's already bedtime. All our other kids are ready for bed, and he's running around playing. So he's my little storm that doesn't let me sleep. But Jesus was asleep in the stern. It doesn't matter how bad the boat was, was moving back and forth. Um, how many of y'all been in cruises before? I've been on a cruise before, a couple cruises. So, you know, when, when, when the waves start picking up, you know, you feel the boat rock back and forth. And sometimes you can't sleep. Sometimes it rocks you to sleep. It just depends how you are. So imagine this. The boat is rocking back and forth, almost capsizing to one side or the other. But Jesus is still asleep in, in, in the boat in the stern. So the disciples were like, why is he asleep? Why is he not helping us? We, we are dying. We are perishing. Why is he not doing nothing? Sometimes we feel the same way. You know, but through this, we learn that God is gracious towards us. Because after they wake him up, after the disciples wake up Jesus, he goes, he stands outside and says, peace be still. And immediately the storm ceased. Immediately the wind stopped. The, the water stopped swishing back and forth. There was no residual waves coming. Everything ceased. There was a great calm. There was nothing else going on. And the disciples were amazed. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? And we see that he was gracious to them. And we find sometimes ourselves that we are in need of help as the disciples were at that time. And we can always run to our Father. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. Some of us just need to run to the Father. The Father's not asleep on you. He's not asleep in your circumstances. He's not asleep on you. We just need to run to him and say, Father, this is what I'm facing. This is what I'm going through. 
and I need you, and only you can help me. We can be confident that he will pour out his grace upon us in the midst of our storm, whether the storm may be physically, mentally, or spiritually that we're, we are facing, we can be confident that he will be gracious towards us, that he will rescue us in the, in the midst of our storms. I know Psalms 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the heavens. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the, 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 from the heavens, the maker of heaven and earth, from, from God, the maker of heaven and earth. We can always run to our Father. We can be confident that he is willing, ready, and able to help us. And it is by God's grace that we can say that we are saved, that you and I can say we are saved. It is by God's grace that we can stand here, that I can stand up here and be able to speak to you. It is by God's grace that we don't have to perish in our sins and in our storm that we are facing. It is by God's grace that depression will not overtake you. It is by God's grace that your anxiety is no more. It is by God's grace that your addiction will not hold you down anymore. It is by God's grace that any bondage that you have that is keeping you from seeing Jesus will be gone. It is only by God's grace that we can be saved. It is by God's grace and God's grace alone that we will make it to the other side of what a storm we're facing. It is by God's grace that we are here today, each and every single one of us, that we heard of this person that they call Jesus, that we heard that he died on the cross for our sins. It is by his grace that we know that he died on the cross for me and for you and that we can be saved. He is the way to the Father. And it is by his grace that we know this. The third thing that the storms in our lives reveal, that reveal the greatness of God. That reveal the greatness of God. When we see Jesus speak to the storm, and he tells it, peace, be still. There was the great calm, and it happened right away. The disciples were very afraid, and they said, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? If they had the full picture of Jesus, of who Jesus was, they would know how great Jesus truly was. If they had the full picture of who Jesus was, they would know how great Jesus truly was. Because through him and by him, all things were made to exist from the very beginning of time. We can see that in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. And it says, but in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who was appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sin. He sat down at the right hand of of the majesty on high. So I have seen God's greatness work in my life. Have you seen his greatness work in your life? I know that he can continue to work in my life. You know, Jesus was walked out and spoke to that storm. And it was that same voice that, that was at the beginning of creation. It was that same voice that made the heavens and the earth. It was that same voice that told Moses, put the staff into the Red Sea. And we saw that Red Sea part in the Israelites' cross. It was that same voice that told blind man Bartimaeus to come to him and he would heal him. It was that same voice that called Lazarus out of that tomb. It is that same voice calling at your storm today. Peace be still. It is that same voice that will see you to the other side. And it was that same voice that once they did cross to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, it is that same voice that casted out legion out of that man. 
it is that same voice that can calm the storms in our life today. There are many more points that we can dive into. But we're going to close up. You know, we've seen that the storms in our lives, it reveals our faith. It reveals God's grace for our life. And it reveals the greatness of God. When we've seen his greatness at work in our lives. I know I have. You know, we see the storms. And I like what Ephesians 2 Chapter 8 says, and it sums it up. It sums, sums it up. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. So it is by grace that we are saved through faith. Through faith in Jesus. And it is by grace. By God's grace. It is his, his grace and his greatness that he was willing to give his son for us. So that we can be saved. It is through our faith in who Jesus is and what he did on the cross for our sins. And it's by God's grace. If the worship team wants to come up, it is because of what Jesus did on that cross that we can be saved. It is by what he did on the cross that the storms that we are facing, we don't have to face no more on our own. We have Jesus with us. You know, the whole time that, that the waves were crashing on that boat, the whole time the storm was going on, Jesus was always in the boat with them. The whole time that the disciples were afraid, Jesus was what, right there with them. Sometimes we think we are alone. Sometimes we think, I'm not going to make it through. Sometimes we think, I'm all alone. We feel lonely. But Jesus has never left you alone. He's always with you. You know, the whole time the raging seas were overtaking the boat and it was capsizing, the disciples, all they did was cry out to Jesus. Jesus heard them. He woke up. And he calmed the storm. What storm in your life are you facing today that you need Jesus just to take over and calm it for you? Whether it's, it's a storm in your family, with your spouse, with your kids, a storm at work, or whatever it may be. Sometimes we just need to cry out to Jesus and say, Master, Master, don't you even care? And just to let you know, He does care. He cares so much so that He gave His only begotten Son for you and for me. He cares so much so that he was willing to give up his son to be propitiation for your sins and for mine. He cares so much. So how much more will he care for us if he's willing to give his son for you and for me? If I'm going through a storm, I know that he cares enough that he will see me through to the other side. It is because of what Jesus did on that cross that I can see his greatness and his grace for my life. And there's nothing I can do. There is nothing I can ever do that will merit his grace. That will merit his love. He gave it to me willingly. Ephesians 2 8, I'll read it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. 
So I didn't do nothing to merit this. And then the last, the last words of it, it says, it is the gift of God. It is a gift. It is a gift today. So I want to invite you today with every eye closed and every head bow, even online, if, if today you want to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, we have that opportunity today. Because it is nothing we can ever do that will attain a salvation. It is because of what Jesus did on that cross that we can attain salvation through him by faith and by grace. You know, you can, you can raise your hand and online if you want to do the hand raise emoji. We're going to do this as a family. Because at Impact City, we are a family. We are here to help each other through the storms. But ultimately, our help comes from Jesus and Jesus alone. We're going to pray together. Heavenly Father, I know I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day. And I confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. That no matter what comes my way, I can stand with him and he will stand with me through the storm. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, we, th we thank you. Y'all can stand up if y'all want. We're going to open up the altars for anybody that, that wants to come up. But Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks. Because no matter what storm I face, no matter what circumstance comes my way, I know I will get to the other side of the storm. I will know I will get to the other side of my circumstances because your son is with me, Heavenly Father. And I thank you for what, what Jesus did on the cross for my life. I thank you, Father, that I don't have to go through the storm alone, that you will be with me and I can be at peace because it was at the sound of your voice that that storm was calm. It was at the sound of your voice that the storm in my life that I'm facing will be calm. And it was the same voice that called me out of darkness into your marvelous light, Heavenly Father. It is the same voice that is tugging at you today it says, the storm you're facing, I am with you. I'm holding you tight. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Because through the storms, I see your grace working in my life in and each and every day. I see your greatness. I see your greatness, Heavenly Father, and I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.